You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Stephen Zantz, joined by my co-host, Stephen Russo. Very, very special guest in honor of the first week of the NFL season for the Jets. We have a former Jet and I believe an 11-year pro in the NFL, Thomas Q. Jones, one of the best running backs I've seen in my life on the Jets. What's up, Thomas? How you doing? What's up, brother? Thank you for having me on. Both Stevens, thank you guys. Uh, and I, I played 12 years, so um, yeah, it was one extra, one extra year. <laughs> Trust me, man, I feel it <laughs> even today. So, yeah, thank you for having me uh, on the show. Yeah. No, Thomas, thanks for joining us. Uh, we were talking, you know, before we went live here, just a uh, super fun three-year run that you have in the Jets, one of our favorites, especially the 08 and 09 years. Um, yeah. I want to dive in, kind of talk a little bit about uh, the 2021 team. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard, but Zach Wilson's actually named as an offensive captain uh, today by his teammates. So just kind of want to, you know, pick your brain on that, especially you playing with a, a rookie quarterback in 09 and Mark Sanchez. How big of a deal is that, uh, that, you know, the veterans in the locker room, his, his teammates would name a rookie an offensive captain? Should we, you know, should fans put stock in that? Or is that something that's not as big of a deal as maybe some make it out to be? I think it's a big deal. He's a rookie that means the team has confidence in his ability, not just on the field and physically, but as a leader. And that's what you want from your quarterback. You want the quarterback to be able to, uh, you know, lead the team. And, <clears throat> you know, it means that they feel confident that he understands the offense. He, he understands the, 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 the tone of what the team is. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a little, it's a little pressure, but they, they must feel like he's, uh, he's able to uh, withstand it. So it's a great thing. That's no, that's great. And I think uh, Jets fans are probably excited to hear that. If I take that a, a step further, what's kind of the mindset of veterans in the locker room with a rookie quarterback? Do you guys kind of have the, the, the feeling that you have to step up a little bit to have his back because you know he's going to take some lumps along the way? Or does it really not change for, for the other guys? Yeah, you, you definitely have to take into account that he's, he's a rookie. Uh, preseason is one thing. Practice is another thing. But, but you know, day one regular season, everything changes. Now it counts. Mm -hmm. Guys are playing for stats. They're playing for money, bonuses. Everything's on the line. Playoffs, everything. Division titles, everything is there now. It all counts. So uh, the speed of the game is going to pick up a lot. Uh, all the starters are going to be playing every play, and they're going to be playing at 100%. Um, so, you know, you have to take into account that he still has to adjust to, to that aspect of it. But at the same time, you know, we're all getting paid to make plays and and he's a high draft pick. So there's a lot of expectations. But, you know, like I said before, it's great that the team selected him as a captain because it seems like they believe in, in, in him enough to, to put him in that position. Yeah, no, we're, we're super excited. And I think it definitely says a lot about, like, you know, how he's viewed in the locker room, even though he's been on the team for such a short period of time. 
So obviously you said, like you said, you've been removed from the game for a little bit. I'm sure you keep up with a lot of stuff, but you know, cause you're acting and everything, but you know, like what's your thoughts about like, where the jets are headed? I'm sure at, since the NFL is a fraternity, you know, you probably know people who know Robert Sala. I'm sure you've, you know, talked to people who maybe scouted Wilson and played with like mm-hmm. BYU. So kind of what's your overall thoughts about where the jets are headed and with Wilson and Sala starting in 2021. I think everyone loves the coach. I think they love his energy. I think they love, uh, you know, um, the, the nostalgia that he's trying to bring to the team, to the organization. I think he, he understands obviously where they've been the last couple of years. And, and I think he, he understands that you know, it's his job to, to, to change that trajectory. Uh, for everyone that I've talked to, uh, former players, guys that I played with that, that are familiar with the Jets and, and what's going on within the organization, they're all super excited about him. Um, I do think that the Jets, you know, obviously I've, I've kept up with them as much as I can had some tough injuries in the preseason, but I think they have some some really capable guys that are backups that are going to come in and make plays. Love their uh, the running backs. I think their running backs are pretty pretty good. Um, the, the Coleman kid, I, I really like him. I like how he runs. The, the kid from North Carolina, mm-hmm. I was a big fan of his. I went to Virginia, so I'm always watching the ACC backs. And he had a great year last year, and he has some you know really really good skills. So yeah, I'm looking forward to them having a great season. I'm looking forward to them uh, hopefully getting off to a fast start and um, and then Wilson, you know, slowly bringing him along and making him comfortable where he doesn't feel like he has to do everything, you know, just make, yeah. make the, the right plays and uh, the high percentage throws. And I think if they go one, one day at a time, one week at a time and not try to do everything at once, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, definitely. And I like how you brought up the Jets running backs because I was going to, pose this question to you later in the show but you know I'm sure you watch the NFL on Sundays maybe not as much as you used to but is there one running back in the league right now that reminds you a lot of yourself when you were playing I have someone I think but I'm gonna like see if you agree or disagree I think Nick Chubb has a lot of your style of running and just hard nose but what do you think I could definitely see that I I like Nick Nick is he's a north-south runner he's got great um, um, vision you know, he runs low. He's, he's got good, um, you know, uh, regards to just kind of his, his, uh, how he, his, his, how he positions his body. You know, a lot of that too is just, you know, being an, um, and a good athlete and, and he's a good athlete. You look at him and, you know, he's not really that ripped and all that other stuff, but he's an incredible athlete. You know, he's got great footwork, great speed and agility. And, you know, he's always going forward, you know, um, but and and he doesn't have he doesn't do much he doesn't like dance after he mm-hmm. scores a touchdown you know he just <laughs> just out there and he's just racking up yards uh, quietly and so I, I can definitely I can definitely see why you would compare compare us was that was that the person you had in mind or was it somebody <laughs> else <laughs> I had to think about it I mean there's so many good backs in the league um, and and I don't watch it as much as I used to uh, I just I. Number one, man, I mean, when I retired in 2012, I just completely disconnected from the game. Uh, I, I took a lot of time off. Uh, honestly, I hadn't, I didn't even pick up a football, period, um, until I went, I actually went to, uh, went back to a Bears game in 2019. And that's the first time I had been to a football stadium since I retired. And, and it was it was an alumni weekend for for the 2016 the year we went mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. So I went back and, and you know spent some time with all the guys. 
but I haven't really watched it. I mean, but there's so many great backs, obviously, Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. uh, Ezekiel Elliott is incredible. Dalvin Cook, I love watching him run. Um, Christian McCaffrey, I know he's been in, injured the last few years, mm-hmm. but there's some super talented backs in the league that, uh, that I'm fans of. Yeah. yeah. No, it's awesome stuff. That's, so Thomas, I'll, I'll stick uh, kind of with the, the running back uh, topic here, but Mike LaFleur came over, you know, from San Francisco with Robert Sala, and he's going to institute that, you know, the Shanahan system. So the wide zone running scheme, can you kind of elaborate on what that means for a running back? Is that something that if you were, you know, in that scheme, you'd prefer, does it, uh, does it really benefit you guys? Is it something that, um, you know, that really is as, as touted as uh, it kind of is around the NFL nowadays? Yeah, it's, it's one cut and go. You know, um, you know, it gives you an opportunity as a running back to stretch the defense uh, and help the offensive line and create some separation so you can find the creases. Uh, it's proven. Yeah. It's, a, it's a proven running scheme. And anytime you can bring something in that's proven and someone that's used to, to coaching the linemen and coaching the backs in that way, uh, I, I think you're putting yourself in an advantageous position because most of the time running the ball is just you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. It's just wearing the defensive line down, stretching the field, getting them to run, getting them tired. That way in the third and fourth quarter, uh, they're not coming off the ball as much. They're not coming off as the ball as hard. Um, and, you know, one guy's out of place, one guy is too tired to chase you down and then you're gone. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I, I like that run. I like that uh, that running style and that system. So I think it would be great for the Jets and the backs they had. Yeah, yeah. definitely. No, we're super excited because it's a completely different scheme than what the Jets are running the last two years under Adam Gase. So, you know, any sort of refresher from that is definitely what we're looking forward to. Um, so we're definitely going to turn back the clocks a little bit because, you know, we really enjoyed your time as a Jet. So what was the biggest difference between playing for Eric Mangini and Rex? Because obviously polar opposite personalities. So what yeah. do you think was like the biggest difference? Oh, man. <laughs> playing for Mangini – First of all, Eric, Eric was, he really understood football. He understood how to put a team together from a management position. He understood the X's and the O's. One thing we were going to be going into a game, whether we won or lost, we were going to be prepared. Mm-hmm. We were going to know what the other team was going to do. We were going to know what coverages they were running, what blitz packages they had, what fronts they would run on what down and distance. And on defense, they knew what, plays are going to run on offense on first, second, third down, short yardage. We were going to know everything. Um, but unfortunately, if you have, if you don't have the right players in that situation and and, and you can't really motivate the players, um, then regardless of whatever you know, they, they, they still have to do it on the field. And and I and I enjoy playing for, for Eric. You know, my first year there was a tough year in 2007. Um, ended up being kind of like a rebuilding year, but then 2008, uh, was my best season ever, and that was playing with Eric. You know, he understood the running game. He was a defensive coach, so obviously, you know, most defensive coaches love to be to that hard-nosed football running, mm-hmm. running attack. So, uh, you know, I, and I got along with Eric very well. Um, I would probably say the difference between Eric and Rex was uh, Rex was definitely more of a player's coach. Rex didn't feel like a coach. Eric was the coach. Rex mm-hmm. was not the coach. He was one of us. He was a player. Love he, it got in the trenches with us, he, you know, and, and it felt like you, you wanted to win for him because he understood what you went through as a player. It, it, he wasn't seen as like a, Eric, Eric felt more like a supervisor, you know, in a way, uh, especially to the young, to the younger players. 
guys that hadn't been around. That was like my eighth year or eighth, ninth year in the league when I was um, playing for Eric. So I was older. So it was a little bit different experience for me. But for the younger players, you could feel more like a, almost like, a, you know, a supervisor that's just on you all day. Mm-hmm. Where Rex was like, I'm one of the players. Um, I'm going to talk shit. Y'all just back <laughs> me up. I might say something to a player pregame. I might say something about a coach. And you guys just back me up. You know what I'm saying? So it just felt like, you know, he was a teammate. He wasn't a coach. He was a teammate. And all the coaches that he brought in were the same. And we we were really one big family. And and I think when you have that kind of chemistry, um, you know, it 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 creates an opportunity for you to really do some special things on the field um, because you're playing for your brother and not your teammate or your coworker, somebody that you love and you care about. So those are the two differences between the two coaches. Interesting. Love it. That was definitely how yeah. I pictured Rex based, based on his press conferences. So. I love it. I love it. <laughs> he says, I'm going to talk shit and you guys have my back. That's amazing. Yeah, just, um, have, so- just have my back. Just say, just have my back. I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna, if I say something because I'm in the moment, I'm trusting yeah. you guys to go out there and prove me right. So, uh, Thomas, as a player, did you, I mean, did you have a preference in, in your time as a Jet, you know, playing for Eric or playing for Rex? Can you um, answer that or if you can't, that's fine. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I took something from both coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, I'm a very disciplined, uh, militant person in life, and especially in football. I was very militant, very disciplined, and, and that was Eric's way. I love that about Eric. He made everyone accountable. Uh, you were going to be held accountable for any and everything that you did or didn't do. And, and that's how you win. Mm-hmm. Um, accountability. And, and so I, I, I appreciated that about him because I'm that way. Um, but, but I also liked the free spirited approach from Rex where it was, this should be fun. This should not be a, a, a game that you're, you know, that's you're, you're under pressure to perform. It should be the same game you were playing when you were a kid. And so I, I, I like both approaches. And, and in 2008, I had um, over 1,300 yards with Eric's system and how he coached. And then the next year, I had 1,400 with Rex. So I took something from, from both coaches. So I wouldn't say that I had a preference. Um, I would just say that uh, I think I was able to, 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 gain something equally from both coaches and their, in their approaches to the game. That's, uh, that's awesome. And, and honestly, perfect segue. Cause one question that I wanted to ask you uh, in, in the nostalgia realm here is if a fully healthy 2008 team plays a fully healthy 2009 Jets team, who wins? <laughs> it's a great question. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> oh man. 2008, 2009. <laughs> I think the edge would have been Favre, Brett. Okay. I get with that. Because Favre that's was fair. Hall of Fame quarterback, you know? Yeah, yeah that, that, and that's, that's the X factor. Because, you know, I played with Brett, and I played against him for years when I was in Chicago, and we played Green Bay every year. So I, I knew Brett. Um, I knew he was going to win the game, and he was going to lose the game, one of the two. <laughs> no, uh, you know, he was going to do something. You know, yeah. he was not going to just manage the game, you know? So, um in, in 08, when Brett came, uh, I was ex- extremely excited because in 07, we had a couple of quarterback issues. Chad was hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, when Kellen, Kellen Clemens was young and, and, and trying to learn 
and we just had a rebuilding year. It was tough for everyone. But when when they signed Brett in 08, um, it was great for me because I figured, well, now they can't just load the box with eight, nine guys every week and make me have to, you know, make everybody miss or run everybody over. Um, and then, you know, towards the end, of the end of the season, you know, I think he had an injury, shoulder injury that none of most of the players, we didn't even know that he had. Yeah. Um, but if he would have been healthy throughout the rest of the season, I definitely think we would have been able to get into the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs in 08. Then 09, we just had a really tough defense. Tough. I think we were number one in the league in rushing and defense. Mm-hmm. And, and we had a rookie quarterback who, who had to adjust and he did an admirable job. You know, uh, it's a lot of pressure to be <laughs> be a quarterback for the New York Jets, regardless of whatever your record is. You play yeah. for the New York Jets. Like, yep. there's a lot of pressure. And I think he came in and did a great job. And, and uh, he even did a great job in the AFC Championship game. And we just fell short. But I think it would be a good game, 08, 09 team. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I, I would have to go with the 08 uh, only because if, if Brett was having a great day, I don't think it would be close. Yeah, I mean, uh, in that little run before Brett got hurt, that offense, you guys were clicking on all cylinders. I mean, it's like you could do yeah. it wrong, especially uh, when, you you know, Stephen brought it up before the show, but beating the, uh, the undefeated uh, Titans team, I mean, that was mm-hmm. uh, that was awesome. So yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I find it hard to argue with you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tennessee, that was a great, that was a great game, undefeated, 11-0. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, went in there and beat them. That was a, that was a great game. You know, Brett had, I mean, it, it was a fun, oh, it was a fun year. Oh, yeah, 08 was fun, especially coming off the 07 year where you're 4 and 12. Mm-hmm. And then me, you know, coming from Chicago, coming from the Super Bowl, you know, and then you have one touchdown rushing, one receiving touchdown. And people are like, what, is, what the hell is this guy? You know, we got this guy traded for, you got one touchdown. You know, it was, it was, that, was that was a tough year. Um, you know, and, we, and I was hurt a lot of the year. Most of our guys were hurt. Young offensive line, young defense. And that was honestly one of my, the years I'm the most proud of out of my whole career is 2007. I was still able to crank out at uh, 1,100 yards. And, and, and we played a super tough schedule that year. We had mm-hmm. the AFC North. 16-0 Pats twice, you know? Yeah, man, that twice. We, had, we, had, we were at Baltimore. We, we, we had we Pittsburgh at home, at Cincinnati. Uh, Cleveland at home. Um, I mean, I mean, even if Cleveland's not good, the AFC North, even if some of those teams aren't good, Cincinnati and Cleveland, they're going to hit you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just one of those divisions that's like every game you're going to play, you, it's going to be a physical game. Yeah. We had a lot of those games. That was a tough season for us. We had a tough schedule to have that um, that many injuries. I still have to play all those games. I was super proud that I was able to crank out 1,100 yards. You just you just gave me PTSD from that Baltimore game because I still haven't forgiven Justin McCarrens for dropping that touchdown to win the game. <laughs> J Mac, listen, man, this that's the thing about it. It's uh, I mean, it's it's a, it's, it's a high uh, pressure game, man. The NFL is, and J Mac is a great great guy. I've seen him make some incredible catches, but you know, it's all about how you play on the day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.
You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You kind of alluded to this about the AFC North being really physical and tough. Who is the guy who gave you the toughest hit in your career? And maybe if you don't know that off the top of your head, who was just the guy that you saw when you saw the schedule? You were like, oh, I got to go against this guy. I don't want to get hit by him. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I, I was hit. I, I was hit so many times. That you you don't I don't even remember. Probably the hardest I've been hit in my career, football career was in college by my own teammate, Anthony Poindexter, safety Wow, uh, from Virginia, my, my freshman year. Yeah, first day of full pads. Uh, we were doing a team third period. And um, I ran a toss and and I cut back and I didn't even see him. And I mean, <laughs> wow. you know, I felt like I was one of those cartoons where, you know, you see the birds and the stars. And, <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, that was probably the, one of the hardest hits. I was like, welcome to college. Yeah. And, yeah. and after that, it was like, I can't get hit any harder than this. So in the NFL, look, there were so many guys that you would line up. I mean, I came in the league in 2000. So you look at the schedule and you see Junior Seau and Rodney Harrison, both. Ray Lewis. Pete Ray time. Lewis. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ray, obviously, Ray's a legend. But there were so many other guys that were just as – I mean, you just know that they're not going to give up. They're not going to stop. They're going to be on you every play. Um, Zach Thomas. Yep. Uh, I mean, these are guys, these are like guys that are like just relentless. Um, Dexter Coakley, you know, oh, London, London Fletcher. For me, usually it was the Mike linebacker mm-hmm. um, or, or safety like Roy Williams um, rest in peace, Sean Taylor. Oh, my God. He was the hardest hitter I ever saw when I was watching football <laughs> I was growing up. I mean, Donovan Darius, safety for the Jaguars. I mean, there's so many guys. I mean, you talk yeah. about 12-year period. You know, a lot of people think Ray. Ray was, a, you know, Ray was a, a monster. But so many other guys that. Yeah. Brian Dawkins. I mean, just relentless guys on defense. I mean, the NFL is, man. And now that I'm retired and I think of these guys, I'm like, what the <laughs> hell was I thinking about? <laughs> Going against these guys and like, you know, thinking, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I wasn't obviously, man. I played a very specific way. I was very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I love contact. Uh, I, I was, I was, I was a different person mentally and psychologically how I, how I thought. And how I approached the game, uh, it was it was battle for me. It wasn't just a game; it was the best of the best competing against each other. It'd be funny before before you know maybe we would have a, a kickoff and we would have the ball on offense, and there'd be a TV timeout, and I would look across the you know line of scrimmage and I would see Ray, or I would see uh, I don't know one of these guys, and we would walk over to each other and 
you know, slap hands. Hey, man, I love you. Let's compete like brothers. And the next week, the ball snaps. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to knock, knock your head off. That's you awesome. Know, he, he's trying to do the same. And then after the game, it's like, man, that was a great hit in the second quarter. Nah, man, what are you trying? You know, it's like, <laughs> but it's like, it's it, that's what I love about it. It's just like, a, like this, this whole, this gentleman's battle, gentleman's war. It's like beautiful, man. It's a beautiful game. And I miss that sometimes. I'm far removed from it because I, mm-hmm. I don't play. But it's a beautiful game, man. Beautiful. Organized chaos. I loved it. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, no, that, that's awesome. So um, I want to talk a little bit and pull on something that you, uh, you, know, you touched on earlier. We talked about the difference between Rex and, uh, and Mangini. Um, and the Jets have kind of seen that over the really the, over the course of the last 20 years. There's been a, a, a pretty much a pendulum swing from personalities from coach to coach. Right. And I think really over the last uh, over um, those 20 years, every coach they've hired has had a, a side to the ball that is their, um, you know, their preference, we'll say. And right. now you get to Robert Sala, who is clearly he's a defensive minded coach, but he's been quoted as or not, not quoted. I'm sorry. He's been. Um, uh called a leader of men. So when you talk about that and he's really taking a step back and having that CEO type approach where he's not, you know, he's going to oversee both sides of the ball. He's going to let Jeff Ulbrich run the defense as a player. Did you have a preference and what does that mean to a locker room when they're really looking at, and especially coming off of two years of Adam Gase, who was really solely focused on the offensive side. Does that mean something for players? Is that a big deal? And do you have a preference? Like if you were playing again, yeah, leader of men is 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 what you would prefer because even though we play offense and defense and, and we have two different job descriptions, we're still on the same team. Mm-hmm. And when you're playing for each other, it's a different dynamic than when you're playing for your job. When you're on offense, it's like, well, we scored, so it wasn't our fault. Or when you're on defense, like, well, we got turnovers, so it wasn't our fault if we lost. You know, it's like that that you still lost. Yeah. Regardless, regardless of, of whatever you did well, you still lost the game. And <laughs> someone else is going on to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl and you're out watching. Mm-hmm. As opposed to having everyone in sync, everyone feeling like they're in they're they're connected. And that's what I think what I what I, I think a leader of men does. He brings all these men, 53 guys together as one family and a brotherhood. And, and you make it more about the love for each other because the love for each other translates into performing for each other on the field. And I think that that's what Rex did really well. And some of the other coaches that I had, Lovey Smith, uh, John Gruden, um, I mean, John Green was an offensive coach, but he had this way when I was in Tampa of rallying the troops. And and those are the coaches that I love to play for. So it's good that he's he has that um, that identity because I think that that's going to it's going to bode well for them. Yeah. Does uh, uh, does does what you've seen of Salah remind you at all of, of Rex? With it, with his connection yeah, yeah. to the players, yeah, a, a little bit. I've seen him like run the stadium stairs and stuff like that. <laughs> we and, love that. Know, he, he, yeah, because they, you know, players watch and they look and they see that. You know, they mm-hmm. they respect that. They, they respect that. You know, he's not sitting up on his high horse, looking down, and um, you know, he's in the, he's he's in the mix with them. Yeah, and and so I think a lot of players respect that. They 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 really do, and a lot of guys will give it a lot of extra effort to show him their gratitude 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to have a coach like that. Those are the kind I of think, uh, yeah, that, no, I think that speaks volumes you saying that. And I think that's right, right now the situation that the Jets are in coming out of where they've been the last few years. I think he's the exact type of person and the right person for the job to kind right. of start this process and this rebuild and, and do it the right way. And, you know, forget about the kind of half-hearted attempts they've had in the past. So I think, uh, I think that speaks volumes that you say that. Right. No, it is. I, I know the Jets, I know they've struggled the last few years and they've had some incredible players. Um, and hopefully now you can bring, bring it all together. I'm yeah. really hoping you can. Definitely. So Tom, so, I know you got to run, but uh, we want to just get a, your pick for the game this weekend. They're playing the Panthers on the road. And then also your pick for their record this season. And then once <laughs> you make those picks, uh, just we want to hear a little bit about your new show on bounce TV, Johnson, give us like your elevator pitch why the you know the listeners and viewers who watch it i know it's i know you're killing it i know we're super excited that, to have you on this show but yeah thank we definitely you. want to hear, learn a little bit more about it as well okay thank you i, I definitely think it's a good it's gonna be a big game for them i know the, uh the uh sam uh donald's down there so <laughs> i know the nfl does these they, they do this stuff on purpose uh you know get the fans riled up and the players riled up so it'll be interesting i think he's a talented talented quarterback He's got he's got ability, uh, and he's in a new place, so it'll be interesting. But I definitely think the Jets are going to pull it off this week. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think I think they're going to definitely pull it off. You know, I'm I'm, I'm anxious to see what what uh, what Wilson does. I think he's going to surprise some people. He's got some really good instinctive um, um, intangibles, so I'm excited to see what he does in in, in real time in the real game. So I, I definitely think the Jets will pull it off. I think it'll be close. It'll be a great road win for them. Give them some momentum. Um, regular season. Remember, 17 games, not 16. Everyone keeps messing that part <laughs> up. Right. That's so crazy. Yeah. 17 games. That's, I know. That's got to oh, be a big man. deal for a running back. I'm sure. Oh, he's, yes, he's it is. Taking an extra, an extra game of pounding, right? It's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> I think just playing the odds, new coach, rookie quarterback, um, I would say ten and seven. Wow! <laughs> I think I think I think the Jets are one of those teams that, because every year you have a team that that comes out of nowhere. You know, they get they hit their stride and they get all of a sudden it's like. You know, they may not do well at first and they start off maybe one in three or and then all of a sudden they just start winning quietly. And then they end up in the picture like towards down the stretch. You're like, what? And I think <laughs> the, the Jets have potential to be that type of team. Um, and I have high expectations for them. I want them to do well. So I, I love definitely it. give We love to hear seven. that. Shades of 09, that'll yeah. make every Jets fan happy yeah. right there. This, I mean, you know, this prediction might go viral, so we yeah. apologize if people start going into your mentions. <laughs> well, you... I mean, this is this is this is coming from a guy that retired in 2012 that doesn't even <laughs> doesn't even watch football as much. I, I get most of my football information on Twitter, so uh, this is uh, you know I'm not a fantasy football guy. I'm not one of those guys. So trust me, this is just my hopes for the Jets. Um, it's not a fact, but I really want them. I, I want them to do well, man. So yeah, I love, so love it. So yeah, before you jump, we just want to hear the quick pitch on your new show. Let's let's hear it. Yeah, so my show is called Johnson. It's uh, 
It's on Bounce TV. And basically, it's a show about four guys that live in Atlanta. All of us are best friends. And we have uh, relationship issues, life issues. Uh, we deal with just the day-to-day struggles that come with just being a man. It's a, it's a, it's a male POV show, a black male POV show. Um, and the showrunner and the creator, is, uh, his name is Deji LeRae. He's my production partner. We have a producing production company called Midnight Train Productions. And we're both the showrunners. So we're pretty much in control of most of the creative process from the writing to the casting, uh, to the music choices, everything. So it's been an incredible process. Uh, we're also producing it with uh, Eric, Eric Rome, uh, Cedric the Entertainer, and uh, Risha Archibald from their production company, Bird and the Bear. So Cedric the Entertainer is a partner with, with Deji and I. Um, and yeah, it's on Bounce TV. It's a great show. We're going into episode seven. It airs every Sunday from eight, uh, eight, eight seven central. Um, and this is episode seven. It's 10 episodes. And you can also download this app called Brown Sugar. You can get caught up on the first six episodes. But it's funny. It's, it's honest. A little controversial. We talk about some really, really uh, controversial topics and, um, you know, but it's, it's, it's also the response has been incredible. I think because we touch on topics that a lot of people are scared to, to get into or nervous to get into. And we dive in head first because a lot of the conversation on the show about mental health, um, you know, uh, child custody issues, marital issues, all these things from a, from a, from a male POV. It's pretty interesting. And we have a lot of people that have watched it and actually the first episode aired it was a bounce record 2.1 million viewers wow. so we're yeah we're breaking That's records awesome. It's bounce. awesome man yeah, pretty, pretty cool show so i would advise everybody you have some time on sunday uh 87 central go check it out on bounce tv if you don't have bounce tv you can also download well you can download the brown sugar app but you can also get an antenna um just from walmart or target connect it and uh it'll give you the extra channels and bounce tv will be one of them so awesome yeah awesome. Yeah, so gonna have to give it a shot, Thomas. You came on the show. I got to do a favor for you, you know. But um, we really appreciate yeah. you coming on, guys. Everyone, make sure to follow Thomas on Twitter at Thomas Q Jones. He'll definitely yeah. interact with you. You know, he he retweeted me a little bit, and he loves hearing everyone's football knowledge. But Thomas, thanks so much, man, and we really appreciate it. We'd love to have you on again sometime. Thank you. Thank both you all. Both you guys for having me, Stephen oh, and Stephen. So Yes. Thanks very much, Tom. It was great chatting with you. Take care, Thomas. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Appreciate it. No problem. Yeah. So that was Thomas Q. Jones, guys, former Jet legend. Waiting for him. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Stephen, you know, big day today. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're thinking about everything. That was an awesome interview. Super excited that we got Thomas on the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think we could definitely talk about some stuff with the game. You know, we'll do a little bit of predictions, talk about the captains, obviously the injury report, which is actually really positive right now. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to hear your initial re- initial thoughts about all the captain selections. I honestly thought it was great. Um, I wouldn't really change anything. I know there's, uh, you know, some reaction about Marcus May uh, and George Fant kind of being, uh, you know, quote unquote, stripped of their captaincy. I don't really look at it like that at all. Mm-hmm. It's a brand new team, the whole new locker room. They've overturned so much of the roster. They're voting on new captains. So I love the fact that Zach Wilson has voted a captain. I think that speaks volumes to, to his character, um, who he is in that locker room. And I think you're just kind of, it's hard to pretend to be, you know, to, to, to be a different person. So like who you see in the, in the press conferences and stuff, I think that's truly who he is. Um, and Corey Davis as a free agent coming in and being a leader on the offensive side of the ball too. I, I love that. So I love the mm-hmm. two offensive captains. I think, um, you know, on the defensive 
the side of the ball, watching one Jets drive, you kind of see Foley Fedakasi step into that role, which is great to see him get named a captain. And then CJ yeah. Mosley, I just feel, you know, I'm not there, but I just feel like he's a quieter lead by example kind of guy. And I just, yeah. um, I think it's great. I honestly, I don't think I could have handpicked, uh, you know, for offensive defense, four better guys. What yeah. are your thoughts on that? Agreed. Um, I think that all of them were great selections and Foley had that one press conference when he was talking about the injury of Carl Lawson. And I was like, I can run through I can run through a wall for this guy. He's great. He just yeah. you need more press conferences like that. The other guy is Justin Hardy. I know he's been hurt a little bit in camp, but he's always been known as like a special teams ace. He's a really likable guy and plays with that dog mentality. So, you know, I definitely think the teammates in the locker room see what he, what he's about. And I think that's why he got that nod as well. Mm-hmm. I think people are making a bigger deal about Marcus May not getting it year to year. It's different coaching staff, different players, you know, it's voted on by the players. So like I don't think we should make too much into it, but I know we were making jokes earlier about the emojis, how he's you know tweeting about whatever when they when they cut bless Austin. He's obviously not super thrilled with his contract situation. But mm-hmm. I, I think I think they made the right decision. I actually thought that Morgan Moses was gonna be a captain. I think he was a captain mm-hmm. a few times when he was in Washington. So that was something I expected. I know Salah said that one of the captain spots is gonna be game to game. And I yep. think it's going to be selected by the coaching staff. I'm not sure that's, about that, but yep. I think overall done. great stuff and really telling about Zach because there was that whole, you know, conundrum about, Oh, he wasn't a captain at BYU. He's not a leader, blah, blah, blah. He actually mm-hmm. caveated that, you know, when he was doing his press conference, it was just that he was coming off injury. He wasn't guaranteed the starting job. So like, how was it, his team supposed to vote him the captain if they didn't know if he was actually going to be the starter or not. So yeah, I think, you know, it speaks volumes to what this organization and what this team thinks of Zach. And obviously, you know, the results on the field are what's going to matter most, but, you know, definitely very positive. And, you know, I'm super excited for this weekend. And I think it's going to be a fun game. I mean, I think we talked about this about a month ago and I tweeted this saying, no matter what the outcome of this game is good winner, win or lose mm-hmm. the overreaction is going to be out of control, whether we made a mistake or we made the right decision, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just not here for this. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Um, it is, it's, it's gonna, uh, it's gonna be crazy no matter what. I think the, the Sam versus Zach uh, thing is going to get overhyped, uh, you know, as, especially in, in the days of, you know, in the, in the approaching days here as, as we, you know, creep towards Sunday, mm-hmm. but even Salah said it today in his press conference, you know, these, these guys aren't, they're not going against each other. You know, they play on the same side of the ball on different teams. So it's not really Sam versus Zach, but there's so yeah. many other things to this game that are going to be keys to it to keep an eye on. Um, you know, one is going to be the Jets' new offensive line and new scheme against the Panthers' defensive line. The other thing is Christian McCaffrey against our linebacking core, which right now is, uh, is C.J. Mosley and two converted safety linebacker mm-hmm. rookie players that were, what, day three draft picks. And then yeah. you got the Panthers with, you know, yes, yeah, Sam Darnold throwing to them, but um, they have good weapons on the outside. And our our cornerback room is is inexperienced, uh, to say the least. So there's a lot of things, a lot of keys to this game, that uh, um, a lot of nuances that are very interesting outside of the Sam versus Zach thing. Yeah. I saw DJ from the Daily News tweeting out, like, what's the matchup that you're most in- intrigued by this weekend? The one I pointed out is just Bryce Hall against whoever he's covering, because I'm not sure if he's going to be covering Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. It's more about, like, his responsibility as being the number one corner on this team. We still, to this day, don't know who's going to line up opposite him. It could be Eccles. It could potentially be uh, Jalen Guidry, but I'd be kind of surprised about that because he's been really pegged as more of a slot guy and, like, the yeah. heir to Brian Poole, but – I'm, I'm looking at that secondary because that's really the biggest Achilles heel on this team. I know we obviously don't have like a stout pass rush, but 
I think the Jets defensive line is definitely going to cook this weekend, especially with two injuries in the interior for Carolina. And they didn't have a good offensive line to begin with. I think really the only quality story they have is Taylor Moton. So I'm excited to see, you know, the trenches, but also looking at how Bryce Hall's handling the duties of covering the best receivers on the other team. It's going to be interesting. I think points are going to be scored. I think there'll be turnovers, but it's going to be a fun game. I think it'll be one that a lot of people are going to be overly surprised of how entertaining it is, but yeah. yeah, it's nervous, excited, but this is like a free year. We can't get like over over excited about anything or really get too negative. Two fourteen mm-hmm. team, I think they're going to show signs. They're going to show progress. It's just we're hoping that this quarterback works out and this coach is the real deal. And I think that's really what we want to find out as we get to the end of the season. But um, what are you looking forward to most? Yeah, I think um, honestly, I mean, I know we have to. Um, temper expectations for this year but mm-hmm. man it would be good to come out of Carolina with a win and just yep. get back to winning ways and feel good about this team again yeah um but no I think honestly I think you uh you hit it and, and that's of the matchups that's probably the most important one is the Jets D-line versus the Panthers uh and really honestly it's a subpar offensive line and then you add injuries to that um mm-hmm. so how they can uh, dominate up front and take the load off the back end for these corners and safeties um and put pressure on Sam and lead to maybe a turnover or two I think that's going to be the key to the game um, I'm also looking forward to seeing that balanced uh, offensive attack that Michael Floor, um, mm-hmm. you know, showed in the preseason. And, and I think it's going to be honestly, I think it's going to be run heavy um, just to kind of take the load off of Zach a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if they do a little ground and pound, uh, you know, uh, shades of Rex coming up here on Sunday to uh, kind of take, you know, take the pressure off of Zach a little bit and a big start in his first game, you know, on the road against Carolina. Yeah, I, I think we're going to run the ball at least 25 times across the committee. I mean, I don't have like, you know, exact number but i think ty johnson's gonna go over 100 yards tweeted that out and like five predictions for the game um yeah. one of the things people kept asking me what was my score prediction because i said that mccaffrey would have three touchdowns i said that Eccles would pick six darnold i said zach would have a crazy you know off-platform play that's going to drive us into a frenzy on twitter um and then i also mentioned how brian burns is really going to eat because i think he's probably going to go against beckton or whoever's on the right side because i think he alternates depending on the matchup but I do think the Jets are going to win this game. And I think the final score will be 31-24. I think, you know, Zach will throw two touchdowns. I think Ty Johnson will have a touchdown. Um, obviously the pick six as well. And then obviously a field goal for Amendola. I mean, I think McCaffrey is going to be all over the place. I think he's really motivated. He's hungry. You know, he missed most of the last season with an injury. So and he has that big contract to prove. So I think the Jets are going to win by a touchdown. I know that's like, People are saying it's kind of crazy because you were so bad last year, but it's the NFL, man. Everybody can win on any given Sunday. I know the spread's five and a half, which you'll hear my thoughts on my gambling preview, which will be coming out on Friday, which I'm super excited about. But I like the Jets' chances in this game. What do you think? Uh, I do, too. I think, uh, first of all, if if it's 31-24, the Jets put up 31 points in a win, I'll be ecstatic. Um, I think the Jets win. I think they win a close one. I think it's going to be 24-20. to Um, I really, uh, a couple of things that I'm, uh, that I'm really excited about is, uh, I want to see how well the offensive line protects Zach Wilson. I yep. think that's something they did extremely well in the preseason, but you just heard Thomas Jones say it's a whole different ball game when, the, mm-hmm. you know, when all the starters suit up. But protecting Zach Wilson, I think, is is uh, obviously something that I'm looking for. Um, and then I want to see how this wide receiving core uh, performs, honestly, because I have, like a, 
it's weird. I have like a quiet confidence about it. And like, I, I just feel like everything's going to be okay, which is just a weird feeling yeah. as a Jets fan. But I really do think that Corey Davis and Elijah Moore are going to be, uh, are going to be great uh, this season. And if, if uh, Crowder comes off the COVID list, I mean, that's just, uh, that's, you know, add bonus on top. So, yeah. um, but overall, I think, uh, I think the Jets eke it out. I think 24, 20 Jets, I think they do enough uh, and they get probably one or two turnovers from Sam and, and one will uh, at the end, will seal the deal. Yeah. You know, where he's always good for some boneheaded throws, and it'll be nice yeah. when we see it benefiting the Jets and not benefiting the team that we're playing against. So yep. I think that yep. we'll see one of those typical, oh, yep, we're used to that throw. <laughs> uh, another thing I'm hoping to see this weekend, besides obviously Elijah Moore playing in a real live game, because that's something that we haven't seen yet because he missed the entire preseason with an injury, is you were laughing about this with me. It's just I just do not want Zach Wilson to run out of bounds and take a negative one-yard sack. Yeah. Throw the ball away. Yeah. I've seen Darnold do it. I've seen Gino do it. I don't remember if Sanchez did it, but I cannot stand when they do that. It is the most counterproductive play. I don't understand who's telling them to do that. It's just, it drives me nuts. And they need to just tell him, throw the ball away. You could get it away. No one's going to pick it off. Just throw it away. So yeah. that's a big thing. I'm going to be like, if he does that, I'm going to be like, he's a bust. I'm just kidding. He's not a bust, but <laughs> it's going to drive me absolutely insane. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, there's, there's a couple, and I, I totally agree, but th those are things that you don't typically think about. And then when they happen, they just piss you off. So there's a couple of things that, especially with a new coaching staff that you don't really think about until the season comes along. So two of those for me are really Salah and how he handles clock management and, yep. and what that is going to look like. Cause those are things that can drive us. They can drive all fans nuts, but we yep. talked about in the show before taking, you know, three timeouts into the half, but then burning two, as soon as you come out of the second half. So stuff like that. Um, and then the other thing is penalties. Uh, yep. I want to see, you know, everything that Sala uh, represents screams that he is detail oriented and, and kind of a, yeah, a very disciplined person. So I want to see if that mentality uh, turns over to the, to the team and how they are with penalties, because we, we know we've seen far too many times that that can just absolutely yep. kill, um, uh, you know, an offensive drive, kill momentum, whatever. So, you know, the, the last thing that we need is a, a third and five conversion to Elijah Moore. And then all of a sudden it gets brought back because of holding or whatever. Yeah. So those are things that you don't typically think about in the off season, you know, as the, as you're excited and the games are, are about to start, but yeah. then once uh, one o'clock on Sunday hits and you see, you know, 12 flags against your team, man, that's the, that's the shit that can really piss yeah. you off. Those are all great points. And other things that I'm thinking about as well is I just want this team to not come out flat. You know, mm -hmm. we've seen the team come out flat looking like they forgot the game started and then they wake up in the middle of the second quarter. Like, I don't know, obviously, you know, how Salah feels about deferring or, or taking the ball. Hopefully defers. I just think that that's the approach you should always take. But when they're on offense for the first time, I do not want to see a three and out. I want to see mm -hmm. this team move the ball, get some momentum. Even if you don't score, just show some life. It's yeah. it's just so frustrating when you're like three and out, hit wash wins with Pete. Yeah. I know Darnold actually had some moments when he didn't do that, but we they just need to show life. They need to show some energy. And I think that, you know, Salah's approach and just his personality, it like exudes that they're not going to come out flat. They're going to play with more energy than everybody. They may not be the most talented team, but they're going to play the hardest and just show as much, you know, fierce competition. So I'm hoping that's what we see. And I think the penalties are a great call out because I, I mean, how many more roughing the passer penalties do I need to see after the Jets going to stop on third down on defense? It's like, yeah, please be that's disciplined. It's Greg Williams at his finest. Oh yeah. Greg yeah. Williams. That's why Belichick has six rings because yeah. his teams are disciplined. They don't, they don't do they stupid don't do penalties. Exactly. And that's something big. 
um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be exciting. I, I think I'm a little nervous, but I think we'll, we'll be in a good spot. So I definitely want to wrap it up with just our overall predictions for the season. I, I would say, I'll give you this, give me your record record prediction and one bold prediction. It could be team related, player related, and then I'll, I'll circle with mine. Okay. Uh, record prediction. I'm going to say seven and 10. Um, I think that they are a quality team uh, towards the end of the year uh, that increases in their level of play uh, as the season goes on. I think they'll be better at the end than they were at the beginning and they'll grow, you know, steadily throughout, probably have a few bumps in the road. It's a young team, uh, you know, youth across the board, Um, but I'm going to go with seven and 10, but it gives us promise. And I think that at the end we have, we're confident that Zach is the answer and we're even more confident that Salah is the guy to lead us out of this Uh, bold prediction. Oh boy. Um, I'm going to say that John Franklin Myers leads the team in sacks. I think that is, I'm a believer in JFM. I really am. I think that this Carl Lawson injury sucks, but I think it opens up the door for JFM to do, uh, to do something great. And I think that we've, I've talked about it, you know, quite a bit over the last few weeks, but that attention shifting from Lawson now to Quinnen, uh, I think Quinnen's going to have a monster year, but I do think it opens up the door for JFM to get uh, a lot of opportunity and some cleanup sacks. I don't think he hit double digits. I think there'll be a lot of guys in that like six to nine range. Um, But I think JFM when it's all said and done, uh, leads the team in sacks. All right. I like that. Um, that would get me excited, but I hope hoping for Quinn to be that guy. Um, for me, record prediction, six and 11. So one game less than you. I mean, you know, things could change, but I do agree. I think that they may sh- show some growing pains early because it's a young team, rookie coach, rookie quarterback. So there could be some bumps with some games where they, you know, they just, everything was going wrong just because of the youth and the inexperience. But like you said, I think that they're going to be a much better team down the road and you're going to feel very optimistic going into 2022. And it could really be a place where players do want to sign. And, you know, hopefully we'll feel really confident in this draft class because it's such an important class for Joe Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um, whole prediction. I have a good one. So I think Corey Davis is going to be a Pro Bowl receiver. He's going to eclipse 1,200 yards and flirt with double-digit touchdowns and catch 80 passes. I'm excited about Elijah Moore, and I think long-term he's going to be a franchise receiver, and we're going to love him for like a decade plus. But what I think from Corey Davis early on is it seems like him and Zach have this chemistry, and he really trusts, you know, that big body, and he can make those plays, especially for jump balls. And I think that he's finally going to live up to that, you know, top-five pick pedigree because – you know, he has all the physical tools and he really showed incremental growth throughout his career. He's at the peak of his power. He's 26 years old. He flirted. He just missed a thousand yards. And I think with, you know, Zach Wilson, who's going to be able to sling that ball to him. I think he's going to have a breakout season. And he's definitely going to get a lot of respect around the NFL. He was a top 100 player, man. You got to think players do think he's a good player. I'm not the only one who thinks that. No, I like it too. And I think, uh, I think Corey Davis is going to eat. I think uh, the the injury to Elijah Ward only opened up that door uh, for him and mm-hmm. Zach to kind of grow that relationship. So I, uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I think, uh, I think that's great. I think he'll lead the team in targets, no doubt. And if he Definitely. can be, you know, a, a shade below uh, Brandon Marshall in 2015, I'll take it all day, man. Yeah. I don't know if he's gonna be that, but I think he's gonna be very good <laughs> and be a pro bowler. I also think they will trade Crowder before the deadline to a receiver and team like the saints, because I, I think, yeah, I don't think he's going to play just based on what I've been hearing because he's still in protocol as of today. And he needs to have two negative tests in a row mm-hmm. um, in order to be cleared. And he also was dealing with a groin injury. So I, I think that he'll most likely be ruled out and then probably be ready for New England in the home opener when I'll be at the yeah. game. 
So I think that this is going to be a barometer for this team to see really how the offense will function without him and really put Elijah all over the field, but more in the slot, I think, to start because Keelan Cole can play on the outside opposite uh, Corey. So I think that LaFleur and Sal are going to see, and even Joe Douglas, that this offense could function. I'm fine with keeping him, but I think they're probably not going to resign him because, you know, he's, you know, getting a little bit older. He's a slot receiver. You have Elijah who could do a lot of the things. You also have Berrios who do the same stuff as Crowder as well. So that's, I guess, like my mini bold prediction, but I don't yeah. think it's so bold because people have been talking about it really since that contract. Dispute. I know. And I, I get it. And I think it's, it's probably, um, it's, it's definitely got a chance to be true and uh, mm-hmm. knowing Joe Douglas, but I really hope that's not the case. I feel like I'm in definitely the TOJ minority with that. I don't know about <laughs> the rest of Jets fans. I just, I like Jamison. I really do. No, I like I him too. He, I, I do. Yeah. I think he's a good player. I think he's a reliable receiver. And I just, again, I'm just, uh, I'm scarred from, uh, from what we did to Sam Darnold. And I just yeah. I hope that they just keep as many weapons and reliable targets around him just to get the best assessment possible. I don't care. I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion. He's gone after 21, um, but just keep him here for, for, the, for Zach's full rookie year and, uh, and give him, you know, all the opportunity to succeed that you can so that way you can get an honest to goodness assessment on him. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Jameson. I like the signing when they made it. I think he's done everything he's supposed to do. I mean, he's not, you know, a number one receiver, but whenever he's gotten the ball in his hands since he's been on this team, even through the Adam Gase years, he made plays. So I agree with you. Like, if they keep him, I'm not going to be opposed to it. But if they did make a trade for, you know, like a third, like a fourth or fifth round pick, totally understand the logic there. They could replace a guy like him in the draft or even undrafted guys. So Either way, I just think that that might be where they head, especially if Elijah's really strong out the gate, because then they'll be like, we got him, we got Cole. It also will give Mims more opportunity to get some reps, because that is something that we're hoping to see, because it was a second-round pick. So it's kind of really where my head's at when I when I was thinking about this. Any uh, closing thoughts as we head into our first weekend of the NFL season? No, man, I'm excited. I'm excited to have football back. Um, it's uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to have a team that we can root for again with with players and a, and a coach that we can yeah. really get behind. It's a fresh start. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, I know you're gonna you're gonna plug, man. But uh, if if you're anything like me, um, whether the Jets win or lose, if if they win, I'm pumped up. I want to hear more content. So keep tuning in to TOJ for that. If they lose, I want people to commiserate with, so I can be more pissed off. So um, yeah. I keep tuning in for more content. So I know you'll plug it, but uh, keep tuning in to TOJ and all, all platforms that we have. So I'll I'll throw it over to you, man. Yeah, seriously. Like Steven said, you know, we really appreciate everybody who listens, watch, reads the content that the site puts out. Um, obviously, like I said, you know, it's been, it's been so much fun doing this and, you know, it was really great to have Thomas on. He was a great guest and make sure you, you know, follow both of us on Twitter. We're obviously doing the, the competition that's uh, giving away a free Wilson jersey, which actually ends tomorrow as well as a copy of Madden. So the drawing will be uh, um, tomorrow and the winner will be announced on Friday. So if you haven't entered, you know, feel free to follow the rules, which are pinned on my Twitter account. Um, make sure you obviously subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as the podcast feed to get obviously our show, Will's show, and then draft season when it returns in a couple of weeks. Excited to hear those guys backing on the airwaves again. And uh, last but certainly not least, you know, make sure you are joining the Patreon for Badlands. Now is the perfect time. All the new content's coming out. I'm super excited for all the pregame stuff and postgame stuff. It's really a great time to be a Jets fan. We're finally optimistic. And, you know, appreciate everybody. And we'll talk to you guys next week.